Kelly Spears, and this is The Dirt, where we dig deep with those helping to feed the world. Episode 14, Jenna Auctioner. Double O Farms, and we are going to be talking about everything farm wife um, and everything else that comes up today, because I, I feel like uh, you have a lot to offer um, to kind of this platform and um, a lot to uh, share with your story. So Jenna, maybe you could just kind of start by telling us a little bit about yourself and we'll go from there. Yes, of course. So like you said, my name's Jenna Auctioner and my husband Levi and I farm on his family's fifth generation farm. We actually live on the original homestead that his family settled on when they immigrated here from Germany in 1885. So that's kind of a cool family thing that we've held on to. We live on the farm with our two sons. They're four. And then we have a new, or he's almost four. Jeez, getting ahead of myself. (laughs) And then we have a newborn too. There's Stetson and Crawford and Stetson's a total farm kid. He loves tagging along and doing all the things with us. So we're excited to watch Crawford do the same. Um, We live in South Central Nebraska and we farm commercial row crop corn and soybeans. And then we have a herd of about 150 Angus cattle that we cat out every year. It's a commercial herd. And then uh, what else? There is a family crop insurance business that Levi and his dad are a part of. And then we, I kind of spearheaded uh, selling our beef directly to consumers and shipping it all over the United States. So we kind of have a lot of irons in the fire, but it's fun and we like to be busy. And so that's what we are. <laughs> yes. That's uh, you guys have a lot going on and um, congratulations too on, uh, on Crawford. He's new, the new addition to the family and he is. Yeah. Thank you. Um, your boys' names are so cute. I love them. When I, when I first heard them or saw them on uh, Instagram, I was like, oh my gosh, they're so like different, but totally like. Not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. Thank you. <laughs> but actually, I do work off the farm too as a labor nurse. So I hear lots of baby names. So okay. I wanted to I don't know. That's a little bit unique, but not crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So right now, are you still working as a nurse? Um, how is that all kind of going on with all of the craziness going on in the world? <laughs> yeah. So my job being a labor nurse, you know, people don't stop having babies for right. a hand. So we actually have been the, the same. I've been on maternity leave. I kind of slowly am starting back in um, I working a few days early so that I can save some of my time off for harvest. So I'll take some more time off during harvest. So that's kind of nice that I'm in a position where I can do that and then be around more to help during harvest. But yeah, I'm kind of slowly working back into going back to work and it's a really, nursing is a really good career. So I can kind of have my own thing, but still be a very vital member of the farm. So it's worked out well for us. Absolutely. And so with that too, like, how do you juggle that? How do you juggle kind of having your own career and then coming home and having a whole nother career when you get home and being a mom and a wife and all of that? Well, I kind of have to give my hats off to Levi. We're very much a team and work together. I could not do it alone by any means, but um, I work night shift, which sounds terrible, but it's really not. It works really well for us because I can be around during the day. I'll take a nap when the boys take a nap, go to work, and then I'll sleep when I get home from work. I just work three nights a week. So it's really not terrible. And Levi's parents live really close and they help watch the boys when I'm sleeping. So it really does work out really well for us so far. So I have no plans to quit my job and be a full-time farm wife yet. Cause I do really, really enjoy being a labor nurse, but 
we'll see down the road what happens, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it's nice too um, to kind of get away and do your own thing for a few hours. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it is because it's three nights a week. So then I might work three in a row, but then I'll have four or five days off. So it's really, really a, a good balance, I guess. Yeah, sounds like a nice schedule. Um, so as far as y'all, I know you said you grow crops, um, as far as corn and soybean, what does that kind of look like, um, as far as the seasons and harvest and all that goes for those two kind of crops? So we, there, they have very similar seasons. We plant in the spring in April, um, and then kind of growing season lasts through like September. Beans will start harvesting the, the, usually the end of September. They say when they start yellowing, you can harvest 15 days later. So <laughs> whenever that falls, but with the moisture we've gotten this year, it's kind of looking like September 20th or later might be when we start bean harvest. And then corn harvest is usually kind of right at the same time or right after that. The goal is to always be done harvesting by my mother-in-law's birthday, which is at the end of October, but yeah. that doesn't always happen. Last year we got done on October 31st. So that's yeah. kind of the big growing season, busy during planting for sure. And April and May. And then, um, as we're, we live, uh, in Nebraska and so there's an aquifer underneath underneath us. So most of our acres are irrigated. So July is really busy with irrigating. And, uh, if we don't get rain and then kind of, we do irrigate in August for beans and stuff too, and then go roll into harvest. Gotcha. And then for your corn, is that cow feed or, or livestock feed or sweet corn? Well, I know in Nebraska, majority is usually used for livestock feed, but um, what do you guys grow? So where we're at, we are kind of situated really close to several ethanol plants. So I'd say about 80% of our corn crop goes to ethanol production okay. and the other 20% is probably livestock feed. Livestock. Okay. We do have a small sweet corn patch that's kind of for our own use for, and then for friends and family too. And the raccoons think that they have free reign to it as well, so we kind of have to fight them for it sometimes. But yeah, mostly ethanol production in our area, which a lot of people don't realize. And then we actually do grow white corn as well. Not a ton of it, but um, we do have a couple fields of it. And then that's more of a food grade product that goes towards making like tortilla chips and that right. kind of Okay, interesting. For the ethanol um, corn, is there anything different that has to go into it or any different way you have to kind of grow it uh for it to be ethanol grade ready I guess not really there is um some special types of corn made just for ethanol like mm -hmm. Inogen is one brand and that has to be handled a little bit differently it's something with the genetics in that that it has like burns higher ethanol content you can get more right. out of it okay makes sense so, I don't, I'm not very well versed in the science. The science, <laughs> yeah. But that has to be handled differently at the ethanol plants. They can only, or the co-ops, they can only take that kind of corn on certain days. And then you have to, they test it to make sure that's only the inogen corn, that type of stuff. So we used to kind of grow that, but we don't anymore. So most of ours, there's not really anything special we have to do. Um, it's just commercial corn and then it can be used for ethanol or animal feed. So we can kind of go either way, but we're kind of right in the middle of crop country. We do have our cattle, but there's not a ton of pastures and huge herds around us. So that's probably why ours is mo a lot ethanol production and like a little bit animal feed. Gotcha. And with your cattle too, what, um, I mean, those are those commercial cows. What kind of cows do you guys run? 
So we have black Angus cows. We have a few red Angus too, and it's mostly commercial herd. We did start a small registered herd when we were pregnant with Stetson because Levi kind of wanted to start something for our kids that they could kind of grow and take on from there. So that would be something to diversify a little bit. So we have a really small registered herds, but it's mostly commercial cattle. Okay. And so that they're raised for beef essentially. For beef. Right. Yep. And you guys have, I know you touched on it kind of in the very beginning here. Um, you are selling your own beef now to directly to consumers, correct? Yes. So I'm, what does that entail? Because I know there's a lot that kind of goes into that. I mean, it's much different than sending it to the grocery store, obviously. So what do you guys have to do in order to be able to do that? Yeah, I don't think I knew exactly what I was getting into. It's <laughs> so simple when we were talking about it. Right. But the, I mean, like everything in agriculture, the markets aren't always that great. Mm-hmm. Having crops and cows, we were usually in a situation where if one market was good, the other one was low and vice versa. So it was a really good balance. But lately, it seems like all the markets are low, even before the craziness of the pandemic. And it was about, I think it was like January of 2019, last year. Yeah, it was last year. Levi kind of was getting frustrated. He's like, I don't know, is it worth having cows? Like, there's got to be a better way to make money. And I said, well, let's cut out the middlemen. Like, if we're, we're raising our cattle for beef, and if we cut out all the middlemen, and then we sell it to the consumer for beef that will should be more profitable in the end. Right. Um, but it is a lot of work because there's lots of regulations. It has to be processed in a USDA facility. It has to be vacuum sealed. And then I've kind of learned a lot in, in trial and error, navigating how to ship the beet to the consumer and get it there still frozen and still a good quality product. So we're kind of just dabbling in that. Levi would love to have all of the herd be selling enough that all of the herd goes to that, but we're definitely not to that point yet. It's definitely, uh, it's a lot of work, but it's been worth it. It's so exciting and just so neat to see something that we raise end up on someone, another family's table. We've eaten for years and I think a lot of people in Nebraska and the Midwest take good beef for granted Mm -hmm. because it's so easily accessible to us, but it's been really neat getting it to other. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Our corners of the country where they don't have it easily accessible and just hearing people rave about it and enjoy the beef that we brew right here on our farm. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, is it, it's not necessarily certified Angus beef. I know you mentioned you guys have Angus cattle or is it? No, it's not certified Angus. So we do have Angus cattle and it is all like hormone free, antibiotic free, all of that. You have to go, it's pretty expensive to put those claims on a label. And that wasn't necessarily what was most important to me, spending the money to put those claims on the um, label. To me, I just, I share it. We share our story on Instagram. Um, we're pretty, we're really honest about how we treat our cattle, how we raise them, everything. So I think if people can find trust in the product that way, paying for a labeling claim, just, it didn't seem worth it to me, but they are Angus cattle and they are hormone, antibiotic, all that good stuff free. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, well, you touching on uh, Instagram and everything, has that been kind of your main source for marketing this or do you have other avenues that you've been kind of using? Really Instagram and word of mouth. I haven't yeah. paid for any advertising or anything, which has been really cool that 
it, that Instagram is such a neat tool for getting the word out and sharing our story. And I think people kind of connect with that and kind of see where the food comes from. And it really is just, we're just, it's just us. It's just a small family farm and we're the ones raising it and preparing it. And I ship the beef out of an old garage on our farm. And um, so that's really all I've done is just kind of spread the word there. And um, it's really, really a neat thing. I think Instagram is for in that matter. And then a lot of times too, word of mouth, someone tries it on Instagram, they might tell their family or friends that might not be, might, might not follow us on Instagram and then um, hear about it that way too. Right. And so you guys are ship- shipping United States wide, worldwide, how far? United are you- States wide. So I, we've shipped to a little over 30, 35 states, I think. Wow. So I'd like to get to all 50 by the end of the year. That'd be really fun. Um, with shipping at, to other countries, you run into problems with customs it's because it's kind of up to that country on how long a package sits in customs so that would be really way too difficult to get I would love to be able to ship to my friends in other countries but just being uh like a perishable product it's right. too easy you right. have to, I really and even this time of year I kind of ship everything I make sure it's shipped two days just since it's so hot everywhere mm-hmm. so I want the I want it to get there frozen and people to have a good experience with it yeah, absolutely. I know even just sending t-shirts, we tried one to Canada a few weeks ago and it got sent back to us because customs. So I couldn't even imagine with, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, with, uh, social media and, um, kind of how the world has taken a shift towards social media. How has that, I mean, we just kind of touched on it a little bit as far as marketing for your, um, the, the beef side of things, but how has it changed how you guys um, farm and how you guys tell your story? Has it, I mean, personally, I think it's had a huge impact on things, but what, how do you, what's your kind of view on all of that? Oh, sure. So it definitely does change things. I used to kind of share bits and pieces on Instagram and, but I just kind of assumed that everybody knew what we did. Mm-hmm. And even the girls I went to college with and stuff, and I was in a sorority and I just kind of assumed they knew what I was doing. I married a farmer, yada, yada. And I would just share little tiny things. And then people, I got feedback like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that's what you did. It's so interesting. So then I kind of started being more in depth and showing like the whole process through the seasons instead of just, oh, here's me in the tractor today. Like, this is why I'm in the tractor. This is what we're doing. This is what we're planting or whatever it may be. And it's really neat the feedback that we've gotten from that because I think, you know, back in the day when my parents and grandparents were growing up, almost everybody was involved in agriculture and now it's less than 2% of the population. And so there really is a disconnect between the producer and the consumer. So I think it's been a really, really neat that farmers and ranchers have started to share their stories on Instagram and other social media platforms, just so that the rest of the world can see where their food, their fuel and their fiber for their clothes and everything comes from. Yeah. And I think just exactly how you said it, the fuel, fiber and food, I mean, people just don't understand that. And if um, we can share it through some, a platform, a platform that they're already on, why not? Right. So, yeah, yeah. So that's been, and I've found a really awesome, like community of fellow women in agriculture on Instagram, but I've brainstormed a little bit. Still, my goal is to reach more people that aren't involved in agriculture. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That's something that I've brainstormed about and I'd like to be able to reach more people that don't know what's going on, but um, it's still a really neat thing. And I think there are a lot of people that, and even I guess agriculture in general, it's so different from different parts of the country. It's been really neat to learn about 
farming in other parts of the country because it's not all corn and soybeans like it is right. here in America. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm actually, I'm glad you touched on that as well. Um, as far, so would you say the majority of kind of your following is people involved in agriculture? You know, I don't know. I wish Instagram had that analytics. I know. I know. <laughs> I, know I, I do. I definitely have connected with a lot of people that are involved in agriculture. There is a good majority that aren't in agriculture too, but I don't, I don't really know the percentage it right. is, but right. um, either way, it's really neat to be able to share our story and to get it out there and learn about other sectors of agriculture too across the country. Absolutely. So being a woman in agriculture, maybe what's some advice that you would give somebody who, you know, is either a brand new farm wife or trying to kind of take the plunge into the social media side of things? What is something you might share with her? Well, for the brand new farm wife, especially if you didn't grow up on the farm, and I actually didn't grow up on the farm. I was around it. And um, my grandma, she's actually 93 and she still lives on the farm by herself. She's incredible. She's sharp as a tack. And so I was around it, but I never grew up on the farm. My parents had different careers. Um, So I, for the new farm wife, I would just say, ask questions. Even when we were dating, I always rode with Levi. I asked a million questions. And then when we got more serious and we knew we were going to spend our lives together, my thought process was, this is going to be my livelihood someday too. I want to know what's going on. And I want to know enough so that I can help with the decision-making and I can maybe, Levi's always told me that he likes that I've done that because I can kind of provide an outside perspective because I didn't grow up around it. It's not, let's do what's always been done. Like I kind of have a freshest set eyes in some points. So that's big advice for a new farm wife is ask questions, learn about it. It's your livelihood too. So I think it's so important that women get involved and know what's going on and um, help make the decisions on the farm. Yeah, I think then, oh sorry, go ahead. As far as telling your story on social media, I say just start. You have to start somewhere. And if you don't tell your story, someone else can try to tell it for you. And the best way is for you to tell it yourself. So I think just start. And I just I kind of just started going with Levi, kind of showing our day to day. And then um I'm to the point where I can do some things independently on the farm. Um, but it's still very much a family farm. It's a team effort. We're all working together. So just, just start, just start sharing. Everybody's story matters and everyone's story is so unique. So there, it might seem like people don't want to hear it, but people do want to hear what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a great bit of advice for sure. Um, and I think too, with everything, it, it gets really easy to compare things to other people. Um, and just, I think kind of reminding yourself sometimes like okay that's their story that's how they do things this is mine and this is unique to myself um oh yes I couldn't agree more uh every farm is so different even you can know two farms on the same and there's a ton of ways to do the same thing on a farm so yeah I feel like we're human and so it's so easy to get caught in that like scrolling trap and I've been guilty of it too but I kind of just have to reality check like everybody's in their own place in life you can't compare and and it really, it's, you hear it a lot, but you like Instagram's mostly a highlight reel, you know, everyone tries to keep it real, real, but the really vulnerable parts are kind of still not there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you can't get caught up in comparing because it's not going to change anything by any means. And nope. I just try to look on and like, it, I want Instagram to be a positive environment so I can, if it's not uplifting you, if it's not positively impacting your life, like unfollow, that's my, that's oh, my percent. A hundred percent. So last to kind of wrap things up here, I know you have somewhere to be this afternoon or this morning, um, but what is maybe something that you just kind of wanted 
to share as kind of a blanket statement, um, either about you, your farm, or just kind of agriculture in general um, to people who may be listening or watching this. Sure. And that kind of goes up with the comparing. You're kind of just get, getting caught up in um, materialistic things and stuff um, with the markets where they're at. It's really easy to kind of be like, why are we farming? Like, this is not profitable. What are we thinking? But then it's kind of, Levi and I were talking about this the other day. Like, we're not living for this life. We're building our treasures in heaven. So that's something we try to live by is like, this is our lifestyle. We love to farm. The, our country, our world needs farmers. And so not getting caught up in um, like having the nicest things, getting like being, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to, being materialistic, always wanting something better because that comparison game gets in that. It's like, we're not living for this life. We're building our treasures in heaven. So we'll just keep working hard and live in the farm lifestyle and, um, you know, just faith, family farming. That's how it is for us. Faith and family always come first and then the farm. And so I just think prioritizing and keeping those precious things in life um, at a higher priority, making sure you're spending time with the people you love and that are close to you. Absolutely. I think that's a, a good reality check for everybody, uh, not only in these crazy times, but just in general as well. Okay. Um, Jenna, where can people find you uh, to connect with you? Yes. So on Instagram, it's at double O dot farms spell out the word double our websites uh www.doublofarms.com and then there's a link on there where you can shop our beef um i do we do have a youtube channel i've kind of just lightly dabbled in that when we got close to having crawford and then right after i had him i haven't really done much with it lately but um that's like a whole beast of its own oh, and it's, gosh, yes. <laughs> it's still it's a lot of fun and lisa kind of wanted me to start that more for ourselves just like Instagram stories aren't like there forever. They disappear. So he wanted to document some of the more permanent stuff. So I'll get more into that in the future, but that's where you can find us. <laughs> awesome. Well, Jenna, um, thank you for, for spending some time with me this morning and taking some time out of your busy schedule. I really appreciate it. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And those who are watching or listening enjoyed it and uh, got some good, good stuff out of it. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I sure appreciate it. It was fun. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Dirt. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Ag Chicks and that the visual version of every episode can be found on YouTube on our Ag Chicks channel. We'll see y'all next time.